Hey, hey, we are here starting off our first series of the year. I'm Dan. I'm also Dan. It's not confusing at all. But we are, Daniel, we're, uh, we're starting a brand new series today on the podcast. We're calling it a little mini series. And here's the title. You ready for it? Okay. It's uh, How God Builds a Family. Yeah. Oftentimes in life, people have aspirations to be dads, moms. And sometimes people become dads or moms without those aspirations. And we want to talk from the church perspective, from a faith perspective, of what it looks like when those desires go unmet or when we uh, are met with something we didn't right. desire. So over the course of the next couple of uh, weeks, we're gonna be telling stories of people from our uh, faith community here. And today to kick it off, we've got some incredible people. Danny, who we got? Yeah, we've got Kimmy Labarge and her husband, Danny Labarge. And they are two of uh, me and my wife's uh, best friends. Um, they have walked with us. We've actually quarantined at their house, yeah. I think three times. <laughs> so we spent, I believe over a month and a half <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's not an over exaggeration. We probably we've probably spent at least a month uh, at their house. So they are they are just um, God loving, God honoring um, uh, image bearers that that we are so um, honored to have. Uh, Kimmy's on our team. Uh, she serves with me uh, as one of our um, uh, worship worship leaders on Sunday mornings, and um, she just serves in, in several different areas in our church. Um, and Danny is her uh, hilarious, unbelievably kind counterpart. Um, so today we're going to hear about their story, and we are we are so excited to hear what uh, what God's brought them through, what God's bringing them through, and uh, this gift of life that that they're about to uh, take part in. Yeah, one note for the listener: uh, we're we're talking about um, their journey into adoption, mm. and uh, we recorded this episode uh, the week before it dropped, which is coincidentally just a couple days before they got in an airplane to do something really, really Utah, exciting. Yeah. yeah, and we're not gonna let the cat out of the bag. You're gonna wanna listen for that. Um, some major announcements being aired here. You heard it here first on the Following Faith podcast. So go. without further ado, here's Danny and Kimmy. Well, hey, welcome into the podcast. We've got two two of, I think, this this is all, uh, you know, Following Faith hyperbole maybe, but two of the greatest <laughs> people in the world. Whoa. The, like the just, it's particularly in no, it's, Porter, it's about in, right. Yeah. In, in Porter <laughs> County, at least. Uh, Danny and Kimmy Labarge, what's up, guys? How are you doing? Oh, we're we're real good. We're real <laughs> well. How are you? We're we're awesome. Uh, so, you guys have been coming to the campus for a couple of years now. Many people will know Kimmy. Kimmy. Uh, how are you engaged at, at the campus? Like you do a bunch of stuff. What, what are some of those things? Um, well, I get to serve in the worship ministry alongside my brother, Daniel. Hey, hey. And a lot of people, a lot of the women will know me uh, from our Thursday night, women of the word Bible studies. I, I have had many women at my various tables throughout the four years that I've been leading there and have enjoyed every second of it. Yeah. So I actually hear more more like comments about Kimmy from women who are at Kimmy's table uh, than I do about her singing, which I think is a testimony because she's an incredible singer. Um, but many people, and this is maybe by design, Danny, I don't know if you do this intentionally, but many people don't know Danny. Uh, he just kind of like sneaks in, he, like the mask mandate has been great for Danny because he just like, <laughs> I see him like like pulling down his hat and pulling his mask up. So it's just his eyes on Sunday morning. He wears turtlenecks all the time. Sneaking in the back. Over his mouth. But, but here's what you need to know about Danny. You know, Danny, I, I, put my, I put my hands up a lot more during praise when I have there a mask we, on. So <laughs> I'm thankful for that. 
So, so Danny, uh, man, I just got to tell you, you always make me laugh. I always appreciate that. And Danny um, is always good for a Saturday night text late in the evening, mm -hmm. trying to convince me to say some nonsense from the stage. Nice. <laughs> some nonsense. Yeah, he's always like, hey, 20 bucks if you can slip this in the sermon tomorrow. <laughs> Have you ever succeeded? Uh, I'm going to be watching now. No, it's it's always way out there. Can't say so. that I have. No. Yeah, it's always <laughs> way out there. I always love when you when you find like somebody that you that you love that's kind of like on a platform, and you find their counterpart that is so stinking awesome. Like I I had been leading worship with Kimmy I think for like a year before I ever really met Danny, and he just seemed like a really uh, quiet, reserved like uh this office guy and then we went over to their house uh for club tub aka their new hot tub aka <laughs> the best thing in the world yeah um and he was the funniest human <laughs> i've ever known and never over the course never yeah. never in a million years it's and then it's part of it right? yeah he's been he's been an awesome uh really in my life uh like uh a mentor for me um because he's been that that next stage of marriage and uh, we became really good friends, um, kind of like right before me and Christina got engaged. So he like honestly like calmed me down and coached me on how to not lose it. And uh, yeah, it was has been one of the best friends um, I could ever ask for. Uh, so there's Daniel LaBarge for you. Yeah. So you guys, we're obviously very excited to have you on the podcast and be able to share a little bit of your story. You guys have been um, in the scheme of our campus, you know, your long time, long time involved people, um, even though it's it's around four or five years. Um, and so uh, what I want to do, we're in the middle of, you know, we're kicking off a series uh, on the podcast today called How God Builds a Family. And uh, the premise is that, you know, God doesn't always use um, the, 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 the means of a husband and wife to create biological children. Sometimes um, in, in the course of life, that's not, a, that's not something that happens. And so here's, here's what's happening in your life. We're recording this two days before you guys are going to hop on a plane. And, uh, and, and Danny, where are you guys headed? We're headed to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And what are you guys doing? Well, we're hopefully picking up our uh, our first baby boy. So, um, yeah, basically, we're going to get out there Friday wow. night, um, settle in over the weekend, and then uh, his birth mother is scheduled to be induced on Tuesday. It's incredible. So, you guys are adopting, uh, which is just one of the it's one of the richest um, moments in our I think human experience to watch the gospel play out, right? And we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I want to back up to, to maybe your guys' story as a couple. Um, can you just walk us through what it's, what it's been like for you? Uh, you know, when did you get married? Uh, we're not going to go into the whole, like, how was dating and, like, you know, when did you know you were going to get married questions. But uh, we'd love to know um, kind of how your journey has taken you to this exciting point right now. So I love how Daniel got to talk about how good of a friend Danny is, and you multiply that by a million of how awesome of a husband he is. Cause he's my best friend. Like you think he's a good friend. He's my best friend. So <laughs> I get all, all that awesome support and love. And then some that's awesome. So, high um, praise Danny. That's great. First of all, I want to say that he's, yeah. he's such a great husband. Um, we've been, we've been married like almost 10 years now, um, trying to start a family. Like, I don't know, I don't even know. It's been so long. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how long it's been like four or five years. Um, 
And we've always known that adoption might be in our story and always um, been excited about that opportunity if God ever led us there. And um, he clearly has not had a plan for us to have biological children yet. And mm -hmm. we have made perfect peace with that. Um, and I will never forget the, the moment that God was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. And I was like, mm -hmm. it was, it was such freedom and peace in that moment of mm -hmm. like, Hey, adoption is going to be part of your story. And that's amazing. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if that answers the question, but we've been trying for a long time for to start a family, knowing that this might be a part of that story. And here we are a few days away. Yeah, the um, adoption being part of your story is is a common uh, is a common way that we see families having children. And even within our own church, this is, you know, you guys are joining the ranks of many people who have adopted children. Um, and, and I'm curious if you can help us walk through, Kimmy, some of the emotions you felt uh, in the, in that, in that waiting process to get to that point of, of clarity and freedom. I love that you call it a moment of freedom. Uh, that's such a beautiful way of, of, of hearing how God is, um, you know, really, uh, uh, wired you to, to be, um, to be a mom, right. To, to say, this is happening, how it happens. We're not sure. Yeah. And for you to be able to, to latch on and say, this is going to happen by us bringing a child into our home. How how did how was that process though for you getting there? I mean, oftentimes we hear the struggle and we pray for our our family and friends who are um, hearing through that. Was that a struggle for you guys in the sense of like deep desire, or was there a quiet confidence that you know, however it works out, it's going to work out. The Lord's going to carry us through this. I mean, what was it for you guys? I would say it was definitely both of those things. Um, obviously, we trusted God along the entire way, but it's, I mean, it's, it's grief that you go through really. Mm. Um, when you're trying, when you're in the midst of trying to conceive a child, mm. and I'm sure that so many women can relate, um, more so with that because of, you know, how women work, <laughs> sure. um, biologically every month you are kind of suffering a different loss in a way. Mm. So I, I think I struggled with that a little bit more than Danny. Um, but he was so supportive along the way. Um, so I'm thankful for that. And I, I would say one of the bigger things, not necessarily like physically that I struggled with, but it was, um, my, like my identity. Sure. And that is something that I really had to, I, I really struggled with and had to pray about and trust God about, um, you know, I thought my whole life, my identity was going to be in motherhood. <laughs> like my yearbook quote was, um, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to get married and have lots and lots of babies. Like, I think that was my yearbook quote. Yeah. <laughs> like that's all I ever wanted. <laughs> so when that wasn't happening and, you know, we've been, uh, we've been married 10 years now, almost. It was really, it was really hard to be like, Oh, that's my identity is in Christ. Like he had to remind me like, that's, hmm. it's not mother, wife, friend, leader. You know, it's none of those things. Your identity is in me and me alone. And all of those things, um, come next. So, um, that's something that I've, I've really, I really struggled with. And I am so thankful for, um, his, the opportunity to lean into him in that way and just put my full trust and identity in Christ alone. Um, then there's freedom in that. So, yeah, come on girl. Preach. Yeah, and just, uh, just, uh, one, you know, kind of quick story to add to that. Uh, so, 
I don't know if it was a, a year or two ago, uh, Mother's Day service uh, at HP, and uh, you know, we're going through you know great service, and I look over and you know Kimmy's got tears coming down, and you know she she gets up and kind of hustles out and uh, runs to the restroom, and so I got up and and went to check on her and. Uh, you know, when she came back out, you know, I gave her a hug and she was just, you know, you could see at that point, the, the amount of, of, uh, pain, I guess that was, that was there and was evident. And, uh, you know, we were having a, you know, conversation about it and trying to be supportive and everything. And then, uh, uh, you know, pastor Dan, I don't know if you remember this or not, but you, you came through with, you happened to be coming through at that point. I think somebody else was preaching or, um, and you came through and you're like, Hey, you know, love you guys. And you, you kept going. And I think it's just an example of our, uh, you know, our, our church family and our family and, you know, friend group uh, really supported us and helped us through. And, and I think when we kind of came into focus that we were going to be adopting rather than having biological children, it was, uh, it was, you know, a struggle at first and kind of coming through it. And then that's a perfect example of love that was there for us that helped kind of support us through. Yeah. So just wanted to share that. I, I love hearing um, from you guys just about the support group that you had. Kimmy, I, I just wanted to ask, you know, you come off, I don't know if anybody has met you and not walked away with a smile. You just yeah. kind of exude joy on stage or whenever uh, you talk, you know, anybody talks to you, but you say they're, they're, you're walking through grief really. And every month it was, it just kind of hit uh, a little more acutely. Did you feel like you had to, uh, put on a show a little bit. I know that a lot of uh, mothers or those who desire to be a mom feel like they they live or they act a little bit differently around people. And that can be hard when you're putting on a mask. Did you feel that way over the last few years? That's a good question. I would say it depends on who I was around. You know, it was, I really struggled um, being around pe people with kids. <laughs> mm -hmm. That would be where I, I put on the biggest mask. I think I, I, I tried not to show that grief in those moments, but there were times there was one, um, one evening where I, I hung out with some really great, great girls from HP actually. And I realized very quickly, I was the only one without any young kids and walking through that season. And it was, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be just to hang out with uh with people and and in that season of life so mm -hmm. i would say those are the situations where i have to put on a mask but i have never once had to put on a mask when i'm worshiping my god like mm -hmm. that's the easiest thing for me um and I, no matter what i'm walking through i i know he is faithful and it doesn't matter like what he's done it's who he is that i'm is the reason I'm worshiping. And so mm -hmm. that never changes. So, yeah. um, yeah, it depends on the, I don't know, situation I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys have had such, um, an incredible community around you and, um, we'll get to that in a second, but, um, Danny, I want to just go back to just kind of walking through the grief of, um, or at least watching your wife go through that, um, com constant, um, you know, grief. How is that for you, Danny? Um, not every, husband who's in in a situation like this knows what to do mm. did you find yourself at a loss where how, how was that for you and then how you know what was what were some of the ways that you were you've been able to cherish your wife and and love her um that that have just been maybe a 
I, I don't know if, if it's been, if that's been an easy thing for you or a challenge for you or just how, how has that gone? Yeah. I mean, at different stages, it was a different, you know, level of a challenge, I guess. But I, I think one, you know, sometimes and in, in speaking from a lot of experience, uh, I think husbands tend to be, uh, blind to uh to some things that are going on uh i think we'd probably get a lot of amens from wives uh when i say that so um it was i remember I, you know, a few times during the journey i had to be kind of intentional about you know it's a little bit you know easier for me to go through uh just in terms of of my role uh in our relationship and i was always of the mind that Hey, if it doesn't work out, we could always, you know, go through the adoption process or, you know, the in vitro process or whatever it might be. So I was, I was kind of continually, you know, keeping my chin up and courage through it and, and, and kind of, um, you know, I think Kimmy and I were both, you know, knowing and trusting that God was going to uh, provide, you know, for us and, and, and get us in the right direction. So, I did start noticing at certain points and there were some points more than others, like the short story I just shared about the mother's day service where, where it definitely becomes really obvious and, and everything in terms of what, you know, Kimmy was going through uh, in terms of the struggles through everything. And we worked together. My, my, my approach to it was really to, to try to, to try to encourage, you know, uh, along the way and be as empathetic as possible but, you know, you can you can tell, you know, when your wife's really struggling with something, especially when you're 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 trying, you know, hard to pay attention to it. So just trying to encourage, just trying to be positive through it. But it was definitely difficult uh, at a lot of points along the way. And and, you know, even during the adoption process, when we decided to go that route uh, and we were led that way, that's also had some challenges along with it. So. Uh, and we're not, you know, at the finish line yet, uh, and everything, but we're just trusting in God that everything goes the right way. Yeah. I want you to speak to husbands for a second, Danny, because you, you have, um, this situation has brought an acuteness that every, every husband, um, I think has this opportunity to pay, pay close attention to the soul of their wife. Yeah. Um, and yet, it's it's often I find the husbands who are walking through the infertility process who who actually learn how to do that, right? Like, like there's this um, maybe maybe mindlessness that um, life for some some uh, husbands brings about. And so, just like share with us some of the secrets of what you've learned over the past couple of of months. Um, how, how would you encourage uh, husbands to love their wives better? And, and I, I asked that knowing like, you may not feel like an expert, but I've watched you do it well. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, and first of all, I'll say it's, it's easy for me to be humble in this area because I don't think I do a very good job of this. Um, and it has to be very intentional for me to do that. I feel like there's been a lot of times in our relationship, if, if Kimmy's being honest, where, you know, I've been absent or not as supportive as I should have been or not really, you know, read uh, where she was. Uh, or, or been too selfish to consider that. So, you know, a lot of humility when I, when I, when I say this, and it, it may make some difference for some, for some husbands and it may not, but, but what I've personally learned is, like I said, you've got to be intentional about it and you've got to make sure that you're, that you're plugged in and asking the right questions and just checking in to show that you care. Um, not an expert by any means, but, uh, you know, Kimmy mentioned it as well. We start out with, uh, with a deep, 
friendship and that's grown into the marriage that we have. So like with any friend checking in, paying attention, doing a lot of listening, because I don't have the right things to say now. I didn't have the right things to say through the whole process. It's more about listening and being empathetic. Mm. Uh, And it's difficult with all the distractions that we have, you know, jobs, you know, trying to provide and trying to, you know, live your everyday life. Um, But, you know, I'm blessed to have a wife that's really, really grounded in the word as well. And, uh, and, and a believer and somebody that she's, she's led me just as much, if not more than I've led her through this process. And so sometimes you got to be comfortable allowing that to happen as well, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's very evident just as, as your close friend, uh, to the extent that you cherish her, to the extent that like you want to see her desires fulfilled because, because you love who she is, like just in our talks in your basement and stuff, like, uh, you know, her at such, uh, uh, an intimate level that, man, I just remember you saying so many times, like she, she would make the most unbelievable mom in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that so, so deeply about her that, um, it's made an impact on, on, on my life to, to try to make my wife happy in certain areas that, that I know that she'd be fulfilled in. And you know, just how good of a stinking mom Kima would make. Um, so it's been awesome just seeing like you make these pivots from like, okay, like, natural uh pregnancy is not going to work out but man my wife is going to make the most unbelievable mother in the world we're going to do it either way and that's like i've seen that just uh uh have such joy in that decision because you know what kind of a mom she's going to be that it's just like i've i don't know it's been it's just been awesome my question uh to you guys is at what point did you know that that was going to be the like the ultimate decision that it wasn't going to be in vitro. You weren't going to keep trying, but like that God was calling you to make a a humongous decision um, with adoption. That is easy answer. We, um, we prayed before we went to see a fertility specialist and we came out of that appointment with the answer. (laughs) (laughs) He made it so clear that this is not, this is not, um, part of the plan. Yeah. So we were really thankful for that. Um, I could tell that story at another time, but yeah. Well, no, Kimmy, you got to give us like, like a, a you got to give us a small glimpse of that now because you've already told us that that moment was a moment of freedom Mm. for you. And I'm curious, like, did I get that right? Like, like at that walking out of the clinic, you, you felt emboldened and given permission to pursue adoption. Was that, was that really that moment? It was, it was one of those rare situations in life where, you know, you and your partner are on the exact same wavelength and it's crystal clear. So yeah. I can, you know, Kimmy, if you want to add any context in terms of like the conversations and how the, the appointment went, it just, it just basically, it was, it was, uh, really impersonal. It was, uh, it was very much, um, you know, talking finances and assuming that we were going to go that route and just a very bad experience for us when we were in the process. And Kimmy mentioned, we had prayed about it beforehand, you know, God, we, you know, please make clear the path for us. And, you know, walking out of there, hitting the parking lot, we just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's not our path. And, you know, we already had adoption in the back of our minds as, as a path that, know we may end up pursuing if this if the in vitro you know wasn't the right path for us and it was crystal clear walking out of there which made it you know so much easier because how many times in life 
do you have to kind of agonize and pray and, and, you know, you know, make pros and cons lists and depending on what kind of person you are about two tough options, this, this made it that, that our experience there at that clinic that day made it crystal clear for us. It's cool. Jimmy, I don't it's- know if you had anything to add to that. I do, but Daniel was going to say something. <laughs> no, I was just, sure I was just saying that it is, it is so, it's so cool to see how you respond to, uh, um, to God's peace in your life because we do, we do have so many other couples in in our church that that are not doing adoption. You know, they are, you know, some are are still uh, trying heavily uh, uh, month to month, and then we have others who are. Uh, pursuing in vitro and some who are on the other side of in vitro where they're, you know, pregnant and, th- and things are happening. But that's not your story. And that's not where God had you guys. And that's so, just so critical that like that peace came along with you guys walking with God and walking with each other in that process and coming to a unified, like, no, this is, this is where God has us. And that's, that's where that peace comes from. And we're seeing that, like, you guys are leaving Friday. Like, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty exciting. And I am thankful. I'm really glad you said that, Daniel, because I'm so thankful for those other couples, especially those other women in my life who are walking a similar journey, but on a different a different path, maybe haven't chosen adoption. Um, and I don't I don't want to compare my story to that theirs and say, you know, they made the wrong decision. That's not the case. Um, I love how our God works in the fact that we can walk in obedience um, mm. and there's not always one path to right. walk in obedience. Um, and so I'm, I'm just really thankful for all the different relationships I've gotten to build with these different women and, um, the being able to pray for one another, I, that would be my biggest advice to anyone walking through the infertility journey is to find other believers to walk alongside mm-hmm. you. Um, there's nothing like it. There's nothing mm-hmm. like it. I love that you guys, uh, you know, bring up your support group. And I wonder as you made this decision, maybe as you walked out of that fertility clinic and you decided to pursue adoption, what was the response of your crowd? What was the response of your family and friends when you were like, hey, we're going to do this. We're diving full into this adoption process. We had nothing but support. Danny, you you looked like you were going to say something. Yeah, I mean, that's that kind of, you know, I smile when I think of that, because that through this whole process, you know, you, you really realize how, you know, we really realized how blessed we are with that, mm-hmm. with that support network that we, we talked about, um, you know, not only through, you know, our church family, but also like our family, our friends, everybody uh, just rallied around us, not not one person, you know, gave us any sort of a, you know, sideways look or anything like that. It was just hundred percent support. And I know not everybody's, you know, in that situation or feels like they're in that situation, but, uh, but that, that's something that we're incredibly thankful for. Did you have friends or family, um, that have walked through the adoption process, um, that kind of steered you on some of the, some of the core decisions on, on where to go? Yeah. So one of the next steps after that fertility, um, clinic situation, we said, you know, we'll, we'll start pursuing this next year. Like that's, we're going to live out the rest of this year. And, um, that's, that was the plan. And so we, we didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, but I do remember we were having a lunch date at Wendy's and I was waiting for Danny to bring back the junior. I spare no expense for, uh, for dates. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) I was waiting for him to bring back the junior bacon cheeseburger 
And I was scrolling, obviously, on my phone because that's what you do when you're addicted to your iPhone. And yeah, I was on Instagram no. and Danny comes up to me, he goes, what's wrong? And I just had this look of like total despair and sadness and I didn't realize it. And I go, oh, that is what my face looks like when I look at Instagram now because it's just like pictures of all my friends' babies. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't realize how like how much it was affecting me. And he goes, that's it, like it's time it's time. We're going to start this adoption process and we're going to be parents. And I was yeah. like, really? Um, and right after that, I, on my way back to work, I called Ruthie Carmine and said, yeah. Hey, uh, we're taking you guys out to dinner. It's time that you guys share your journey with us and help us get oh, started. Yeah. Um, and I, I get so emotional cause I just had breakfast with her the other day. And, um, just to, I'm so thankful for them and, um, their guidance along the way. Um, and then I'm also thankful because like, there's someone else who called me recently to be like, tell me about this. And now we're here wow. at this podcast and like, I get to be a Ruthie to them, you know? So for sure, it's awesome how God works. <laughs> one of the, you know, one of the cool things in a wedding is, uh, you know, I, I do a pretty basic wedding. I say, you know, um, you're here to make a vow to God. You're here to make a vow to each other, but there's all these other people here to, who are here to make a vow to you, to support you. And um, community in a marriage is huge, but community sh has shown up for you guys. Um, it's expensive to adopt. And, and, you know, I don't know the, the economics of, you know, in, in you know, IVF versus adoption versus whatever. Um, but uh, it's not cheap, right? <laughs> Rarely can someone just write a check and uh, find themselves to be parents. So um, what were some of the things that you found yourself having to do in terms of uh, creative fundraising or, or things like that to, to, to be able to do this? Well, that is the most intimidating part um, and, and probably what hinders people from pursuing the adoption process foremost from when I talk to people when I talk to other people about it. Um, and so first and foremost, I just want to say that, yes, we were very intimidated by the price check that comes or the price tag that comes along with adoption. Um, but we just continually said, we know, we know God's going to provide, we're walking in obedience. Um, and it, even from like our, our original expectations about how much adoption would be versus once we actually were in the thick of it, it like doubled and what our expectations Amen. were, <laughs> we took a deep breath and said, okay, God's just going to provide more and it's going to be fine. Um, so there's all kinds of fundraising opportunities and grants and different ways um, out there for people. For us, we were blessed enough that we had a fundraiser um, where we invited in the midst of COVID. Yeah. Um, so that was another challenge. Um, and we invited all of our friends and family um, to our backyard in October and it had a raffle and just asked people, you know, donate what you want to donate instead of selling tickets. Um, and we thought we were going to have to do like multiple fundraisers. And the next day we, when we like counted everything that we were able to raise, we, we were like, we're, we looked at each other. We're like, we're done. Like <laughs> wow. we don't have to fundraise anymore. It happened in a day. It was, it was nuts. <laughs> and what's your yeah, email address that, so that potential you know, adopters? Kimmy's leaving out the can... fact that uh, Daniel Asher performed, so that kind of helped <laughs> oh, nice. drive yeah. contributions. But they all thought it was a tip jar. Yeah. <laughs> don't, for, don't forget Pastor Dan uh, saving the day with the tent situation. No, we don't have to talk about the tent. This is a positive only podcast. <laughs> uh, no, but I think so. So here's why I wanted to bring up the your event. Um, you're, you're right, Kimmy. It was middle of COVID. 
right? And and if people remember, like October was pre like fall spike. So there was a little bit more of a willingness for people to go out. It was a really nice time of of the COVID pandemic, I guess, if there is such a thing. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people were, were a bit more comfortable being outdoors and you made a ton of concessions, right? Like you had a food truck there. You were you, not concessions like food that you're selling, but like things that you're dropping to help people feel comfortable. Um, but you got around that by having food trucks outside and having a drink tent and having live music and having just a place for people to connect and fires. And, 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 um, I, I wanted to bring this up because I think you're right. A lot of people that I talk to, you say, we, we just can never afford it. And, and then there's also this fear, maybe not in just the, the upfront, you know, costs for legal fees and counseling fees and all the things that go into adoption, but we can never afford another mouth to feed like, or we could never afford this other thing. And I think, Cami, what you said was God's going to provide. And then you're like, well, God's going to have to provide more. And he did, right? Like he did. And and that's your story is that God showed up in a really incredible way. And that had to have been one of the most encouraging moments, I think, of all, right? For for you guys to be so on the same page at that one moment and then to see your, your tribe, your community kind of gather around you and say, hey, we're all doing this thing. Like this is, this is happening. Um, that had to have been encouraging. Now here you are. Plane tickets booked, heading out. You got a date. There's, there's, um, there's, uh, you know, you know, everything is, is the dominoes are all set up for for them to fall. Um, what what fears do you guys have right now in this moment? If you could be, you know, just as transparent as possible today, you're leaving in two days. This this baby is, uh, you know, scheduled to be born uh, within the week. Um, how do you feel right now? Kimmy, you want to take there one or you want me to go? You can go because I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the, uh, you know, Kimmy and I are, 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 are different in a lot of ways. And one of them is, is I'm a lot more, I'd just say practical and, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know. She's, she's, she's the eternal optimist. So yeah, I'm, nervous uh about a couple things one uh that you know the baby's not going to be healthy uh so uh, you know that's something we're constantly in prayer about uh you know all the time um and for the birth mother as well uh so the health side is one thing and i mean that's that's the case for you know a biological child as well uh, i suppose um yeah. And the other one, though, that's unique to adoption is it's we've definitely learned through this whole process that it's not uh, official until it's official. Until mm-hmm. all the ink is dry on the legal documents to bring him home. Uh, so, you know, a birth mother can, you know, say, you know what, I've, I've rethought it and, and actually I'm going to raise this child or the legal snag can come up that really delays the process or, or puts it into peril. So those are some things that I'm thinking about. Uh, and, you know, if we can, you know, have prayers for, for those to go smoothly, we'd appreciate it. Uh, but those are some of the challenges that are out there. So I, I, I've kind of, when we're telling people this story, we're also saying it with the caveat that, you know, if, if, if it's, you know, ultimately not God's will for it to happen, then it won't. Uh, and we're just going to continue at it. Uh, but you know, the prayer is that it, it does. And, and we bring a, a baby boy home. Yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely being, we're trusting fully that this is our son, but we are being cautious, you know, that 
he he's very much not our son right now and he's mm. he's not ours to name yet like there's another image bearer mm. in this in this story um in his birth mother and so we we won't share a lot of details about her but um we recognize that she has a, this this is her decision to make and we totally respect if she ends up changing her mind so we're being cautious about that. That's one reason why we haven't shared that this with a lot of people at church yet. So this will be a big surprise to some people. I also haven't shared this with um, people at work just yet too. Um, so it's kind of a mystery of why I'm going on leave, which is yeah. a little exciting. <laughs> it is but just like you. We're being share. cautious of, yeah. about the whole situation because we know that it happens, right? Like people change their minds and it, you know what? It's still going to be okay. God's still going to be faithful and we'll, our story will just look a little bit different and we'll have to wait a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you are um, so considerate about even the birth mom in the way that you think about this. Right. And um, that's obviously the result of a lot of wisdom and a lot of um, just, just understanding the process and, and understanding uh, humanity. Right. And so, um, for you to think so well of her, um, I think just, just shows the the type of parents that you would be to any child, you know, just to be a considerate person, regardless of, of, of who, who, who you're thinking about and talking to. And our prayer for you guys is that, um, the Lord, the Lord's going to be glorified in you. He already has been right. He already has been in the, in the sense that you guys have, um, had a dream and a desire that God is fulfilling. And it's, it's, he's fulfilling it in a way that looks different. And so to hear you say, if it looks even more different than what we're thinking about right now, so be it. God's still here. God's still with us. We've got tremendous support. And I think as a pastor of a local church, it's encouraging for me to see uh, just the body rallying around uh, itself and, and doing, what, uh, doing what God has called us to do and, and uh, loving one another. Here's, here's my last question. What have you learned about God? through this process. It, particularly, I started this out saying there's there's nothing in the human experience more um, akin to the gospel played out in real life than the literal adoption of someone out of one family into mm. another family. That's what God does for us. And um, it, the adoption process looks different and, and the lessons that we learn are different from person to person and family to family. But for you guys, what have you learned about God and um, how has it impacted your faith in him? Well, just the stories in the Bible about adoption and being adopted sons and daughters of God is, is taken on a new light um, and is so beautiful to me. And his, his faithfulness is even greater than I could ever imagine, especially in, in these last few weeks as we've been preparing. You know, we just found out that we're going to have a son in a few weeks. Um, and he's he's provided way beyond what we could ever imagine in ways that we did not ask from um, our support here locally as, as the church to his greater and larger church. Like my friend from youth group in yeah. high school nice. is 10 minutes away from where we're going to be. Wow. And he placed us there and she's texting me like right now, I'm not kidding. Hey, I'm going to go to Costco and buy you diapers and here's where you should eat. Um, I have a bassinet for you. Like, ways that we could never imagine um, he's providing. And he does that not just through who he is and through the peace of his spirit, but through his church um, in all kinds of ways. So that's, that's what I learned. He's, he's way yeah. bigger than I thought. <laughs> so good. Danny, anything to add? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with with Kimmy about you know God's faithfulness, and uh, you know there's a uh, there's that, that lyric in the song that was you know sung on Sunday. You know, you was you were thank you were faithful then, you'll be faithful now, and so mm-hmm. I you know really really you know hit me uh, about that, but. Um, and I think the other part of it is for me personally, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that, you know, when one of the things that I kind of struggled with is when everything's going fine and I'm not really going through any trials or anything, uh, you know, I'm not as outwardly thankful as I should be. Uh, I'm not, you know, praying in thanks the way that I should be in those easy times when there's not a lot of trials, everything's just going smoothly when we struggled through this whole process, it's really brought me closer to God and me and Kimmy both, I would, I would say just in terms of trusting in him, you know, bringing us into prayer, having us be a lot more purposeful. So, uh, you know, I'm thankful from that aspect as well. That's amazing. So here's just three characters in the Bible who were adopted, Moses, Samuel, and Jesus. Jesus had a mom, but had an adopted dad. And, uh, this process that you guys are walking through is so close to the arc of redemption and what God is doing in his greater work in humanity. And for us to be a church that it gets to see it in in the picture of of you guys is just a, a blessing for us too. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks for sharing your story. I think you're you're so right. God builds families in different ways. And uh, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to to just brag on what God's doing and what he's done in you. And we're praying for your trip. I know when this airs, you guys will be uh, in in Utah, possibly uh, possibly with, with a child. And so we're praying that the Lord works everything out for you guys and, um, and that we can celebrate this together. Um, thank you guys uh, so much for being on this. And listeners, we hope that this conversation helps you follow Christ further. We'll see you guys next time.